like many other people like you around the country right now are ruining it for no, a lot of I us. liked the You're Chiefs before it. Taylor Swift showed up. This is the absurd journey of three church planners reintroducing familiar ideas in unfamiliar ways. This is the Bless Up Podcast. All right, welcome back. This is the Bless Up Podcast. I'm Rachel. We're in studio with all three of us today. We got James and Corey on the mic, and I personally could not be more excited for our beginning discussion. You're ruining this. Because Corey and I have been talking about this for a while, so I'm excited for James to weigh in, specifically on the mic, because James has weighed in, but it's weighing the in longest four days of on the mic. Okay, so let me preface this. Let me preface this. Mm-hmm. Um, this summer, Corey introduced me to the show Quarterback. As so, most of America got introduced, yes, right? It's yes. great. It's well done. Good job, Netflix. Shout yes. out to the so, Netflix special. So something you need to know as a backstory is that uh, I love ESPN 30 for 30s. I love the like documentaries, any documentary and docuseries on specifically athletes where we get to know who they are outside of their sport. I love them. I have watched so many of them. And so when Corey introduced me to quarterback, obviously I was like, oh, I am I am all in on this. Mm-hmm. I now know more about Patrick Mahomes, Marcus Mariota, and Kirk Cousins than I have ever known in my life. Mm-hmm. And at the end of that series, I looked at Corey and I was like, I have so much respect for Patrick Mahomes. And he looked me dead in the face and he goes, you are not a Chiefs fan. And I was like, Corey, I hate to break it to you, but like, I'm probably going to watch the Chiefs this fall. Like, I, I love Patrick Mahomes after watching this. And something else you need to know, I already was like, mm, I'm, I'm cool with Travis Kelsey. He's from Northeast Ohio. Wh- what do we say all the time? What's good for That's these athletes? That's why you cool with Travis it, Kelsey? Yeah. Oh, I, Okay. What? What? I was just I was just asking a clarifying what's, question. What's good what's good for these athletes is good for Northeast Ohio because so many of them like do stuff for Northeast Ohio. And and so I'm like, all right, Travis Kelsey's a Northeast Ohio guy. He's hilarious. Patrick Mahomes, so much respect for him. I'm probably gonna watch the Chiefs this year. But then No. But then Chill out. Last Sunday, we got the NFL Taylor's version because Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Nobody knows what's actually happening, but she showed up at a Chiefs game and blew up the internet. And so... Shut it down for sure. And so... I obviously sent Corey every single meme and reel that possibly has come through ever anything that has to do with them. And his head is exploding, and he's angry because we're a cowboy's house, and that's fine. But, like, go Chiefs. Oh, (laughs) you did not. You did not just say, go Chiefs. Oh, my. James? Yeah, yeah. Help, yeah. help, help me, bro. Help me, bro. Because if I get going, you know, I'll say, I'll say these, I'll say these few things. I'll say these few things. I want to preface this first with a few years ago when I was in the classroom. Uh, we do a thing called Question Friday every Friday. We don't have class. 
I just open up and I say, hey, you can ask anything, anything mm-hmm. that's uh, appropriate to the classroom. You can ask and I'll give you my opinion. I will give you the objective answer or I will find someone who can give us the objective answer. So I did a lot of phone calls, yeah, a lot of calls to people. But we, we always had a good time. And what is a your few... opinion and objective answer, James? Huh? I said, what is your opinion and objective answer? So, so I'm a, you know, I'm a, you know, uh, I'm going to preface it with this two girls now who are playing college sports, uh, blessings to both of them. Shout out to Gia and Kylie, my little pals. They, uh, they rebuked me hardcore cause they heard, they asked me who my favorite artists ever were. Mm-hmm. And I had to be honest and tell them. And yeah. then they said, they said, what about, they looked at me with dead serious yeah. hearts and faces. And they said, what about T-Swizzle? They said, what about Taylor Swift? Yep. And I said, and I said, I made like comments that I thought were like, just very objective mm-hmm. oh, about no. her singing and songwriting. Ooh. And careful, they, bro. and they were, so I just want to preface it with that. But I also want to preface it with, you know, uh, out of the genres of music that I like, sure. she maybe does three of them. I don't know if it's pop <laughs> or country or uh, folk. I, I I don't know. She's done them. I don't it depends know. on the album. I don't yeah, know. Truly. Yeah, I don't know, but those aren't my particular like yeah. choices in genre. So that's I'll, your vibe. I'll start okay. there and say I may not. I may be talking ignorant. I could be talking sure. ignorant. No, it's okay. That that's not your preference about, about sure. this, but I'll. I'll just say these few things about that particular situation. One, Travis Kelsey is a son of Northeast Ohio, right. which yeah. means That's Travis right. Kelsey is a brother. That's right. Uh, God bless him. Big. Uh, he's just he continues to just be the man. He's probably the greatest tight end ever. Uh, no, di- I don't want to diss Shannon Sharp like Skip did. So no diss to Shannon Sharp. You still up there with Tony Gonzo, but you know. And Gronk, but it, he he might be He's different. Travis bro. Kelsey is different. Oh yeah, he might, he might be the greatest tight end ever. Yeah. So I'm just happy for him. A win for him, as Rachel said, is a win for all of us right. here in Northeast That's right. Ohio. So That's right. bless up for him. That's right. Uh, secondly, I'll say this: judging by being in the classroom again last year, and when those Taylor Swift tickets dropped, yeah, uh, girls who would never be disrespectful at, ever. I'm talking like the top <laughs> cream of the crop in the school. Sure. I'm talking like. Sure. A couple of those girls went to the Ivy League. Sure. Right? Yeah. But when those tickets dropped, they pulled out their phones in the middle of class wow. and they were like, it was like, a, yeah. forget what's going on in it's the world. It's a phenomenon. It's, it's a so- crazy. It is a sociological phenomenon yeah. right the, now. The Ares tour will be in textbooks. It will be in textbooks. Oh, and, yeah. And quite, liter- and quite literally, I would contend that there's three political parties now. <laughs> there is the Republicans, the Democrats, and the Swifties. Yeah. Like I'm, it is crazy. It crosses the, the sway. Listen, that. it crosses. It crosses race. It crosses socioeconomic status. It crosses religions. I'm waiting for That's a version right. of the Bible to come out. It's Taylor's version. <laughs> Taylor's version. They're gonna be like. They're gonna be Dang like. It. And Jesus rose from the dead and said, "It's me." Hi. <laughs> I'm the, like, I rose like it's I'm waiting for like Swifties are a whole deal like that's what I think <laughs> big up to Travis Kelsey and the Kansas City Chiefs as long as they're not playing my Cleveland Browns big ups to them but goodness gracious the Swifties it's a whole deal go ahead Corey 
Okay. <laughs> I've heard all of it from him at this point. Here's the thing. I'm just waiting on. Go ahead. I'm going to be clear. You be I'm going to do my best. You be, to be clear. clear. <laughs> okay. Uh, after watching, I shared with Rachel uh, the after watching quarterback, I too found new affinity for Patrick Mahomes. His work ethic um, is crazy. And, you know, and not just because in one of my uh one of my uh <clears throat> dynasty fantasy leagues I drafted Patrick Mahomes, right? Um that that helped and then quarterback kind of put it over the edge. I was like, oh dang, I actually like Haiki like Patrick Mahomes. And it's, and it's impossible not to respect the dude. I yeah, mean, he's, yeah. he's yeah, so I mean, good. He's a freak. Like yeah. he's the dude's a freak. What he can do on a football field is is absolutely uh unmatched. And it wasn't even um, his first sport. Like the anyway. Yeah, yeah. Don't Crazy. help me. Don't help me. Um, <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Please and thank you. Uh <laughs> I echo, I echo your sentiments of uh, Travis Kelsey. That's NEO. I will always stand up uh, uh, for for NEO. Um, man, uh, and you know, and 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 Taylor, I, you know, it's it's tough. I'm I am like proverbially like like on like on the fence. Uh, as Rachel loves to point out, like I was a Swifty before she was a Swifty. He was. I I'm so glad myself, you said it instead yeah, of me because I, I was going to call myself you. a Swifty. I think that there's like levels to this, you know. Um, I, like I definitely wouldn't identify like or make a portions of my whole identity my love of Taylor Swift by well, no. any stretch of the imagination. Sure uh, however, you know, musically, like yeah, I could, I could, I could go with it. Um, and so, so you would think, you would think then that these three things coming together. Uh, would be, you know, cool. It'd be fun. Uh, but I'm not going to lie to you guys. He's such a hater. There's something about the way it's all going down <laughs> that is just sucking the fun right out of it. Bro. And is making me resent the fact that I'm also low-key rooting for it. Like, it's, it's, there are people who now know nothing, capital no on nothing about anything related to football or the NFL that have now littered my timeline, yeah. my real, like my targeted uh, feeds, like everything. My algorithm is different now because Taylor Swift went to a football game. <laughs> now my algorithm is different. I was in my basement in Canton, Ohio, watching the Cowboys and Instagram changed on my phone because Taylor Swift showed up to a football game. And that's not as fun for me. That's not as fun. I actually don't think it's how much your algorithm changed. I think it's that the NFL and ESPN also, actually also covered it and also, made those there's reels. There's now people like Rachel who live in a Cowboys household. Oh, here it is. That are now suddenly like, go Chiefs. Like, okay, what, bro? No, first of all, I, first of okay. all, no, you can talk all you want about how much I already love them. I already like da, 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 da. I You have not you. watched a down of football all year. <laughs> I came into our bed and watched the second half of the Chiefs Lions ho- uh, uh, open season opener for the NFL. You went to sleep. I was don't tired. even act like <laughs> you watched tired. a single down. There are people who don't care about football. There are nominal football people who are now dictating my algorithms and I don't like it. Okay, well, one of us has to stay upstairs in the house on Sundays. Okay, somebody's got to play with PJ. PJ can watch the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> PJ doesn't 
know what the Cowboys are. And listen. He does in his heart, and he will continue to do so in your heart unless you ruin this child. Listen. With your go chief Swifty bullcrap. I'm not going to make any of our kids a Chiefs fan. And let me be super clear. I am only rooting for them because Patrick Mahomes plays for them. My fandom is conditional. All right. I think we've dedicated. Unlike my faith in this. Jesus Christ. Uh, all the right. Next time a package shows up at our door, I am not going to buy a Travis Kelsey jersey. I understand the jersey sales have gone up. What something crazy like four like hundred? Yeah, that's insane <laughs> to me. I am not going to do that. Yeah, we're a Cowboys house. How about them Cowboys? Yeah, that's, keep going. That's fine. That's fine. All right. Um, there actually is no smooth transition to what we're talking about today. I really just wanted to discuss that topic and hear what you guys had to say. Well, in fairness, I knew what one of you was for sure going to say. No, I got more, so you should definitely move on. (laughs) Listen, so the thing that we want to discuss today is actually, um, that, that God remains the same always, you know, whereas, you know, I might root for the chiefs this season. Oh my gosh. (laughs) God himself does not change the way our fandom does, right? right. He is not fickle as we are. God is the same God's all the time. Man. And so, you know, the thing that really sparked this is I was listening to this album uh, by a guy. You know, what, straight up, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I just realized that when I was reading it. Uh, reading his name that I've never said it out loud, Chris Renzima? Renzima? I don't know. Um, anyways, he wrote this song called Mana that has been like on repeat on my playlist and he he says this phrase he says even when i've lost my taste for manna it comes from heaven all the same and that's so interesting right because like as followers of jesus and as people who are who are trying our best who are trying our best to live out our faith in our everyday life um there are times when we become a little less enamored with the miracle we become a little less enamored with the ways that God has always been moving because we come to expect it. And so our, our amazement wears off. We, we start kind of behaving with, um, for lack of a better way to say it, like a childish instead of a childlike mentality. And, um, it's just so interesting because no matter what our perspective might be, no matter what our taste might be, God is the same all the time. Our fickle attitudes and our preferences do not change who he is. Our lack of reverence or our lack of perspective does not change who God is. God is beginning and end. He is the same all the time. And so that's that's just kind of what we wanted to talk about today was just this idea that no matter what our perspective might be, God himself has not changed. James, yeah. you had a really good sermon analogy that you yeah. were talking about earlier. Yeah. I mean, the reality of this is God doesn't change. Like, that is a core objective truth of who he is. Mm-hmm. Theologians will call it the immutability of God, the fact that he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And this is what's called an incommunicable attribute of God, mm-hmm. and that this is an attribute of God that we cannot display in our finite forms. This is an infinite attribute of God. Like Rachel said, the reality is like we change. Like, yeah, I was really happy because I got this uh sweet potato coffee from uh 
Walkie Talkie. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, the Yam so Yammer good. Time. Yes. Shout out to Walkie Talkie. Shout out to the homies. If the you're Kings. in or near Canton, it's worth uh, it's worth the stop. Oh yeah. So I was happy, but you know what I'm saying. I might not be happy later because sometimes espresso don't sit right on a brother. So <laughs> I might I might not I might not be happy later. Right. We are fleeting. We are changing. God is not. And the reality is, though God is not changing, the way that we relate to him and mm-hmm. the way that we are in relationship with him does change because we are constantly changing. And the analogy I used in the sermon was I took Starbucks cups at three different sizes and I poured water into one cup and filled it up. And the reality is in some seasons we're like that size cup. And for me early in my Christian journey, what it meant for me to be filled up by Jesus and what it meant for me to be in right relationship and to just feel like God was present was I read a couple chapters of the Bible. I listen to some worship music. I hang out with the homies and we talk about it and I feel just filled. But the reality is like as time went on and as more responsibilities got added and as I grew as a person, I was trying to do that same thing. And what happened was I was doing the same things and pouring that water into a bigger cup. So there was mm-hmm. still empty space in that cup. Mm-hmm. And the reality was like there was empty space in that cup and I could feel it. And I wondered what was wrong. And eventually that grande size cup turned into a venti size cup mm-hmm. and I'm still pouring that same amount of water. And now there's just more space that that water's not hitting and there's more space where I'm not feeling filled. And what I've realized in this last season is man in that season, what I was doing was I was so passionate and I could just feel things. So my body was following my feelings. Mm-hmm. And the reality is like our feelings are great, but sometimes what we feel can deceive us. So for me in this season, I'm not incredibly passionate in ways that I was. My cup is bigger. It's stretched. Mm-hmm. There are a whole lot more things that matter to me. So I'm not saying Jesus doesn't matter. He matters most, but there's a lot of other things that matter too. And I have a lot of other responsibilities. I have family and organizational leadership and our church and this whole deal. that just makes my cup bigger and there are just more people to care for. So what does it mean in this season for me when I don't feel it? And man, I was having a conversation with a guy from our church and we just begin to talk about, yeah, we read Paul and we read the epistles like back in the day and we go, yeah, Paul, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. This life I live in the flesh, I no longer live, but it's Christ who lives in me. Awesome. Uh, Paul talking about crucifying and mortifying the flesh over and over again. But now I think I get it. I get it in a way that makes sense to me in this phase Man, what Paul was saying is like, even when I don't feel like doing this, I have to force my body to now follow Mm -hmm. this objective truth and to follow this kingdom reality that is true. So even when I don't feel it, Mm -hmm. my feelings can deceive me. This truth doesn't change because God doesn't change. Mm -hmm. And it's this whole deal now. Yeah, we're having this conversation. I told him, I was like, yeah, man. I was like, some days I just got to wake up and like say, I've been crucified with Christ. 
So I'm going to do this thing because I know, mm-hmm. I know it's what God desires of me. His word is true. It's unchanging. This is what God desires of me. So I'm going to do this even when I don't feel it or even when I feel the opposite. Mm-hmm. Last night <clears throat> we were sitting, we were sitting in Mike's living room. Shout out to Mike and shout out to the huddle. Um, and we were discussing, uh, we were discussing prayer actually. Um, and, uh, you know, we all, at least in that living room, like we all come from all kinds of different, different places with, uh, with prayer, the idea of prayer, rhythms of prayer, consistency of prayer, things like that. But for me, um, one of the things that was, was resonating with me, what we read was, uh, was the Lord's prayer, the sermon on the Mount, Matthew six, where Jesus stands up and he said, he says, when you pray, pray like this. Mm-hmm. And what struck me was that was like just the definitiveness with which Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this. Right. And I know like by this point, you know, like we've dis- we've already dismissed the idea that like, he's not being literal, right? Like when you pray, say these things every single time. And that's, co- that's called prayer. It's not literally that. Right. But he does make the definitive statement. When you pray, pray like this. Right. And he didn't, that that was that was at the beginning of his ministry. He didn't post resurrection say to Peter, "Now that you've seen me resurrected, pray this way." Right? Yeah. He didn't he didn't he didn't on his way up into heaven 40 days later say 3.0 new new prayer drop. <clears throat> now we pray this way, right? And it's been 2000 years since those events and and Jesus and Rihanna both have yet to drop another album since, right? And I'm sorry, I just, you know, it's, it's been a minute. Toss, it's, yeah, it's, I had to throw it in there. Um, you know, Jesus has not come back out since then to say, now when you pray, new prayer drop, pray like this. The statement has stood since the Sermon on the Mount, when you pray, pray like this. It has not changed, right? And so uh, one of the things a few years ago that really, like, revolutionized my my prayer life was i don't i don't i don't remember the exact circumstance that made me tap into it but i went back to the lord's prayer and i decided to like context like break it down and contextualize it for for me and it and it it has since then served as a template for me um that that i try to do as often as i think right starting with uh our father who are who art in heaven right uh uh, acknowledging that's the word i was looking for sorry uh it's early uh acknowledging the reverence and the attributes of god that uh, i'm needing in this in this moment and in this season to tap into right uh your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is as it is in heaven praying first and foremost for his will in whatever circumstance it is uh that i'm facing um give us this day our daily bread i begin to pray for exactly what I perceive I need to be able to tap into the things that I just named in those in those first uh, two sections. Forgive us uh, as we forgive those who pray for forgiveness for the ways that I have stood as a barrier to those attributes of God being understood and received by those around me, right? And or even or even me me myself, so on and so forth. And it's and it served it served a template that even when and this is what made me think of this, James, is when you said you said even when we don't feel like it, it's the same. Mm-hmm. And even when I don't feel like it, on the mornings where where uh, I'm walking into my first meeting of the day and I feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit say, "Really, you're about to go in here and talk to all these people and you haven't even talked to me yet." 
Like even even on the days where I'm like I would rather just like I'm barely awake right now. I have not drank enough coffee. I am I am I'd rather just continue to listen to music, think about absolutely nothing and and drive to work. Even on those days when I don't feel like it. Even when I'm upset. Like honestly God, the last few days has not gone the way that I wanted it to go and so I don't I don't know where we're at right now, right? Even on those days. Like even when it's difficult for me to uh tap into I use the template anyway in prayer and I have to say that the definitive Jesus made thousands of years ago is still undefeated at least in my prayer life mm-hmm. like I it never ceases to amaze me that my heart needed something from going through that that template of prayer now that's just a template right but it but it, it it derives from from Jesus's words and i think that i think that one of the things that over the years as you said like our our situations even if your faith hasn't matured even if your faith hasn't evolved our situation sure has yeah right like even if my faith stayed the same whether 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 my faith evolved with me or not uh i got married i had children uh they they've gone to school we've had job transitions we've had other stuff going like our situations mature uh, whether our faith does along with it uh, or not. And so like that stuff to, to your point about the cups, that stuff is growing in size. Right. And I think that there is, um, that there is a need for us to go to the foundational truths and the foundational things and just trust that um, the things that Jesus has said have always been true will always be true. And maybe that challenges us to approach these things to what you were saying, like in a new way or into, or in a way with increasing uh, intensity. But the things that the Lord has said is true, have always been true and will always be true. Yeah. And in those moments when, when we don't feel it, because like, I, you know, I don't know if, I don't know if anyone has, realize this but like your pastors or your church leaders like they don't they don't have more or better faith Mm-mm. than you they go through the same garbage um they just don't get to process it in the same places and so in those moments like when your faith is tried like the thing that has helped me more than anything is to name and state the character and the attributes of God. Because Satan, by the way, also remains the same. And so his his challenges of like coming for your identity, trying to get you to question who God is, trying to get you to question all of that, that's the same stuff he's done since the very very beginning. What he said in the garden to Eve was, but did God really say that? Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing he does to us, yeah. right? Like when we when we sink in those valleys, when we're walking through the wilderness, the wilderness, when things feel dark, when things feel hard, what is the thing that you do more than anything? You're like, did God really say that? Did God really promise that? Like those little seeds get planted. And the best way to combat them, we see it, Jesus does it himself. I've probably talked about this a hundred times. When Jesus is in the wilderness, he combats Satan's, but who are you? Or prove it or all of that stuff with scripture and so when i'm sitting in those seasons where i don't feel it in those i'm not even willing to say seasons in those moments because it can happen on the daily when you're sitting in those moments where you question it 
the things that I say back to myself are who I know God absolutely is, both because I've seen it in my own life and because Scripture says it. Like one of my favorite verses to remind people is uh, it's in Matthew, and it's when when Jesus says, "If you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, then how much more will your heavenly Father do for mm-hmm. you?" Yeah. Like God is a good Father, and if my desire, even when my kids are being absolutely rotten, if my <laughs> desire is still that I would die for them, mm-hmm. that I want to do everything in the world for them and with them, if I want to give them everything under the sun, then how much more will God do for me? Mm -hmm. So in those seasons when I feel like he's distant, in those moments when I'm like, God, are you even listening? Mm -hmm. Of course he is, because you know what? I can hear my kids from a mile away. I can hear that last night we were putting them to bed, and Corey's like, what's that sound? I was like, oh, that's Sarah walking downstairs. I know exactly what it sounds like when Sarah walks. The lightest, the lightest child in the world walks like an elephant. I'm like, I know, I know what it sounds like when Sarah walks. Guess what? God knows what it sounds like when you walk. God knows what it sounds like when you wake up. God knows what it sounds like when you breathe. God knows every single little thing about you. And if you know all those things about your own kid, about your best friend, about your parent, about about your boss, whoever it might be in your life, think about all the details you know about the person closest to you. God knows even more. Mm-hmm. And and the, like those are the things that I remind myself when I'm not feeling it. It's like, man, I don't feel God's favor right now. Well, guess what? If I would do all that for my own kids, how much more would God do for me? That's what scripture says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I got to remind myself of that stuff. Yeah. Just a, just a few practical things here. Mm-hmm. I think that may be helpful. I just want to like speak over whoever's listening. Like if you don't feel it, you're not any less of a Christian. Mm-hmm. You're not any less loved. God still calls you beloved. He still calls you his daughter. He still calls you his son. Even if you don't feel it. The reality of the life of Jesus is before he goes to the cross, he's in a garden. And what Jesus feels is anxiety. Mm -hmm. What Jesus feels is fear. Mm -hmm. But what Jesus does is Jesus, there's an objective truth that Jesus grabs onto. So Jesus says, not my will, but your will be done. What does that teach us? It teaches us that the will of Jesus in that moment was to not go to the cross. Mm Mm-hmm. But he submits to the will of the father. So for us, like you're in good company if you don't feel it. That's right. But our call as the people of God is to still submit to the truth of God. So if you don't feel it and if you haven't felt it in a long time, you're not crazy. You're not. You're okay. You're in the company of Jesus. And though you can't feel it, he's still with you. He wants you to submit to objective truth. And I would say second. Like what Corey said was so important earlier. He says as often as he can think, he like goes through how he contextualized that prayer in his head. The reality for most of us is if you're like me and like you were introduced to Christianity, like for me, I was introduced to it as a kid in the church. But like when I made it my own, I was introduced to it through like evangelicalism. And one of the tenets of evangelicalism is you need to have an hour or plus long time every day that we call quiet time. And if you don't have this time, then like you haven't connected with Jesus and you're far away. Listen, 
I don't know about you, but I got a kid and a job and some stuff. <laughs> do you, a couple do you jobs? have quiet time, Rachel? Oh a my couple God. jobs. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Ain't no part of my day quiet. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but, I want, but I want to encourage you. Listen, Christ is not calling you to perfection. He's calling you to proximity. And what proximity looks like is not always that hour. You get the story of the widow's might. And it's one of my favorite stories in scripture. She gives, and this is in a monetary context in the text, but she gives from what she has. She only got a little bit and she gives it and God blesses it and God honors. Jesus is honoring what she's able to give. If you're out there and you're like, hey, I'm a mom and I'm at home with the kids all day. I just don't have time for a quiet time. Listen, that quiet time can be as often as you think about it. Like Corey is saying, it doesn't always need to be a set aside time. We mm-hmm. do need those times, but it doesn't always have to look like that. So I want to encourage you, man, if you don't, if you don't feel it and you're like, I don't even have time to get back into a space where I can feel it. Yo, if you got a couple seconds when you wake up mm-hmm. before you go to bed, there are rhythmic times in our day that we can put forward to just say, thank you, Jesus, or to pray the Lord's prayer in a way that makes sense to us. So, yeah. If you're out there and you're like, man, like, I don't know where to start. You can start there. Yeah, that's good. I want to read this to close. Yeah, we can do that. Uh, So Ecclesiastes 3 uh, tells us, starting in verse 1, there is an occasion for everything and a time for every activity under heaven. Scripture says there is a time to give birth and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to avoid embracing. There you go, introverts. A time to search and a time to count as lost. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What does the worker gain from his struggles? My goodness, Corey, how on earth are you about to land this plane? Listen, what scripture outlines clearly is that there is space in your relationship with Jesus for all of these things. There is room to feel all of these things. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I think the devil convinces us that when we feel uh, weepy, when we feel torn down, when we feel like we want to throw stones, the devil fools us into believing that God is far away, that God is inaccessible. But the reality of the scripture says that God makes room for all of these times that God is ever present in all of these times. As a matter of fact, if you keep reading in verse 11, he says, it says that he has made everything appropriate in its time. It's going to be like that sometimes. In other words, right. It's going to be like that sometimes, but the encouragement is that it says he has also put eternity in their hearts. Though no one can discover the work God has done from beginning to end, even though we don't see the whole picture. The reality is in all of these to go to bring this full circle and go all the way back to your very first point. When we feel these feelings and we feel those feelings guiding us down different paths in different moments in different seasons, the reality is God is there the whole way. And there are, there is room for all of these things to be felt and to, and to be understood. But in all of them, 
God is not different. Our circumstances. Mm -hmm. God has not left. Our confidence has. Right? Mm -hmm. And we still have room and same expectation to call on him in seasons of weeping the same as we do in seasons of laughter. And the Lord is there for all of it. And he can handle all of it. And he is leading leading you through and walking with you in all of it. All right, y'all. We'll be back in two weeks. What's up?